to the DSO Connect podcast. I am Casey and I am here with the wonderful Chantel Roundtree. Welcome, Chantel. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you. Chantel is like one of our diehard DSO Connect crew and I feel like you've been with us through so much and I'm so glad to finally have you on the podcast. So welcome. Happy to be here. Thank you. All right. Let me read your bio so our listeners get to know you. Chantel Roundtree is the owner of the Dream Center in Tucker, Georgia. She began dancing at the age of four. She danced under the direction of Donna Ariarte, Beth Engel, Eleanor Pernia, and Karen Serkis, while also attending dance auditions, workshops, and conventions in and around her local area and New York. So wait, where did you grow up? I grew up in Maryland. Okay. What part of Maryland? Silver Spring, Maryland. We've got a lot of Maryland and Mid-Atlantic people in the DSO Connect family. Uh, Chantel worked as an assistant dance teacher for five to 11-year-old tap, ballet, and jazz at Eleanor Pernia Studio of Dance for five years. While in high school, she danced on the cheerleading, palms, and step team. And that was for your high school? Cool. She performed with Colors Performing Arts Troupe and served as an assistant dance director for their 9 to 11-year-old dance camp programs. Chantel was also a member of the Washington Redskins All-Star Dance Team and became a dance camp counselor once she graduated from high school. She has also danced under the choreography of Darren Henson in the Capital Movement Project show. Chantel graduated with a Bachelor of Arts degree in Drama and Dance at Spelman College in May of 2010. She has performed in many dance performances in the Atlanta University Center, including Spelman and Morehouse Dance Theater, Footwork Hip Hop Dance Team, Mahogany in Motion, Evolution of the Black Arts, Morehouse and Spelman's Coronation, and other various events. She was a member of the Atlanta Chiefs Cheerleaders in the summer of 2011. Chantel worked with the Academy of the Arts teaching ballet, tap, and jazz to students ages three through at the studio and at local YMCA's and daycares. She has taught ballet, tap, jazz, and hip-hop to students from ages three to nine at Gwinnett School of Dance for five years. Chantel received her master's degree in early childhood education from Georgia State University in May 2013. Yes, higher ed, go you! She was a member of the Amazing Grace Dance Company for two years, and she currently works as the first elementary dance teacher for Gwinnett County Public Schools, where she also directs the dance team for grades K through five. Chantel enjoys working with children and sharing her passion for dance with them in their growing years. So welcome. That's quite a bio. You're a busy, busy lady. So you teach dance in public schools and own your own studio. When do you sleep? (laughs) That's the secret. I don't sleep. My dream was to dance all day and that's exactly what we're doing. And that's exactly what we're doing. Oh my god, I love it. So Just so we can understand a little bit, like, what is, what your life even is, give us like a, like a pre-corona average day in the life of Chantel. Okay, that's interesting to remember even that. Okay. (laughs) I know, like, think way back. (laughs) So I'll get up, I have to be to work at 7.30 um, at school, and then I do dance specials, so basically every grade level comes to me um, in a schedule throughout the day, so I see each grade level. Wow do that and then depending on what day it was so I had I had a boy dance team on Monday so we would have dance team practice at school and then I would go to the studio and teach class um, so that's kind of basically how every day goes school there's a little break in between to get a little thing a few things done for the studio and then there's class in the evening time and so how long are you teaching at the studio in the evenings um, basically between five and seven okay okay 
but still, that's a long-ass day. And I'm, I teach most of the classes, um, except for two classes, like a hip-hop and a class that was on Saturday, so, yeah. Wow. Wow. But you're young. You can do it, right? Yes. And that's what I really <laughs> love to do, so it's like, I'm really, even though it's busy, it's really fulfilling because that's what I wanted to be doing. You don't feel like you're on the verge of burnout? Um... No, I don't think I'm on the verge of burnout, but I do think I, it's time for me to get some help. Mm-hmm. I can actually focus on doing the things I really want to do. Right. I'm to do that and everything else at the same time. Yes, for sure. So what does that look like for you, getting um, help? Yeah, I think that it looks like a front desk person. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least adding one additional teacher this season. Yeah. I think that's a great place to start. Good for you. So when did you open your studio? I opened my studio in 2018. Okay, so it's still a little baby studio. And I started my business in 2016 as like a, just for a dance camp. So every summer I would like rent somebody's studio and have camp. Oh, and cool. I've been doing that for like three or four years. That's when I decided to open the studio. Nice. That's awesome. Good for you. So take us back to the beginning, Baby Chantel, what your dance journey was like growing up, what your, what your home studio was like, and how you, um, how you got to where you are now. Okay, that's just so cute, Baby Chantel. So my mom, <laughs> my mom let me try a lot of activities, so like, I am sure that dance is my favorite activity. But that's awesome. I feel like a lot of us can't really say that. Like, I'm not sure that I really tried that many other things. Well... I did like piano. My mom made me take piano for like ages and I hated it the whole way through. My dad tried in vain to get me into some kind of team sports and that was just was not happening. So what else did you try? Piano, um, horseback riding, karate, gymnastics, swimming. Wow. Softball. But you kept on coming back to dance. Yes. And then even when I got older and I had to start like choosing, mm-hmm. And so I, that same studio that is called Eleanor Pernia Studio of Dance, I went there from the time I was four to the time I graduated from high school. Cool. Is it still there? It's still there, but like she sold it, so someone else has it now. So gotcha. It was this one room studio. I mean, it's very small. We did have a competition team, but it was this very, you know, cute little small studio. And that was where everything happened. That's awesome. I took ballet, tap, jazz, lyrical, hip hop. I took everything kind of went from the baby level all the way to the like highest level that they had. In the midst of that, I did cheerleading a little bit, like with my school. I, I w- my grandparents live in New York. So my mom, went to, when I went to New York for like Christmas, we sign up for like the intensives at Broadway Dance Center. Oh, awesome. I would do like the little rocket experience or little hip hop intensive. So that was kind of adding to my dancing. And then as I got in high school, more things, palms, a performing arts team that I used to be on, I started getting opportunities to like lead the dances and make up the dances. And that's kind of think what started like this journey of dance teacher. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what, what made you start? Because you know, you said in your bio, you were an assistant dance teacher. And that was at your home studio. Um, yeah, so I did that, like, on Saturdays, just, like, help with the class and wash the mirrors and stuff. Was, was that, like, out of need because you needed help with your tuition or out of a desire uh, to do it? It was a desire to do it. So it was, like, my, kind of like my first little job. Yeah, that's so cool. And how old were you when you started doing that? Maybe, like, thir- four, 13 or 14. Okay, cool. 
Yeah. And then I don't remember it that much. I remember like cleaning the mirrors. <laughs> my little tiny paycheck. I remember you actually got a paycheck. Yeah. I like oh it. my gosh. I didn't go towards my tuition. It was just like my little job. That I oh, that's great. Good for you. I feel like so few studio owners actually do that now. <laughs> As, I've got, I've got a whole work study crew of kids and they just get tuition credit. Yeah, I have one, but she's kind of like the, I mostly have younger kids and elementary kids and she's older and I don't really have classes for her. So it's like, I can't mm. with her for class because I don't really have classes for older students like that. Yeah. I just feel like the maybe the most memorable parts of the journey were what the performing arts program that I was in, it was very like student created. Like we would make up our own dances and stuff like that. Just and was this in high school or? High school, but it was like a separate program that wasn't part of my own high school. It was something I did okay. act and dance. And because I had like a strong dance background from the studio, they would let me kind of make up dances and be a leader. And that was kind of where I started to realize, wow, I can lead people in dance. Yes. Bit. And I went to college um, at Spelman, and they they didn't have dance as a major yet. They had they only had drama, but I liked that they had the option to dance. Mm-hmm. And we danced in everything that they had in college. Every show, even like just you know like fun college people shows, I was in everything. The dance team, the band dance team, the every class they had. So I, I really like expanded on all my dancing. That's awesome. And then after graduating from college, I taught at two studios, and one had me doing a lot of preschools and daycares and things like that, and that was really awesome. And then I started to wonder, like, how do I teach children at these different ages, because they're all different, and Mm -hmm. so you want to become a teacher. So then I got my master's in early childhood, and started. I was just started as a first grade teacher, so I really was just going to be a normal teacher. At that point, were you like putting dance on the back burner or stepping away from dance entirely and just focusing on being a school teacher? That's a good question. I was actually, I stopped working at two studios, but I still worked at one. Okay. I do work at the studio in the evening, but it was only like two nights because it wasn't my studio. And then as a first grade teacher, I like started right away with as being the cheerleading coach because they needed one. And then that next year switched to the dance coach. And so I always was still doing dance. And then my, I moved to a new school, and in that second year at the new school, my principal was like, are you ready to teach dance all day? Absolutely. <laughs> that, that is so amazing that that even exists at an elementary school level. And it really was, it's not a subject in elementary school, so really, like, he was taking a big risk by adding it. But because of <sighs> now, they have made it as a subject. <sighs> they create I can be like the, the leader of it um, but there is also there's dance in high school for my county but they hadn't really like worked on curriculum or standards for elementary so now it is actually a subject because I did it because you did it that is so cool I hope you're like immensely proud of yourself for that because that is amazing and you were how old when you started when that started um, oh my gosh I think I've been doing that for four years now so how old am I? <laughs> I was like 28. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's fun. I get to teach. And then at school, when I teach dance, it's not like ballet, tap, jazz. It's like creative movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and integrated with what they're doing. So I try to like integrate something they're working on in the classroom with some kind of dance concept. 
that goes with it. So you're working on concepts like space and size and tempo and rhythm and that kind of thing rather than actual technique. That's so good. That's so great, though, because those those concepts are such important ways to get kids to be thinking critically about things. Creative process. So everything we're doing is I give them a little bit of stuff to work with and they just kind of go crazy in their groups about what they're going to make. It's so fun to watch them. That's wonderful. And that's such a great like at at the elementary age in particular, what a great physical and cognitive outlet for these kids to be not sitting still, but still using their brains. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so great. Oh, I'm so excited for you. So how did you come to open the Dream Center? That's a good question, too. So <laughs> basically, I had always dreamed of having my own and I, I would have these camps, and I, I was in, like, Zumba studios where you walk in, and it's just, like, the dance space. There's, like, no separation. There's no rooms. Like, it was just, it was kind of, we have to just do everything in this one space. Mm-hmm. So, had a, t- a room that was just for this and a TV so we could watch movies. Like, I wish that it was in a different format. So I told the children that year that next year I'm going to have my own dance space. And so I kind of just, like, spoke it into existence. I and love that. Around, like, the new year, I found – I just happened to find a space for – I wasn't really looking for a space either, but it was a space release somewhere where I went to go get donuts. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> there. So I was like, let me call the number. So I call the number, um, I go look at it. I still don't think I can get a studio at this time, but I was like, why not? So I go look in it, I'm like, wow, I'm like seeing, I'm like, oh, this could be a dance like, I see it. And so I kind of just started like telling, I told like my grand, I remember I told my grandfather and he got somebody to come help me like look at it to see if he could help fix it up. And I was like, oh my gosh. And Still did not think how I'm not ready to get a dance studio. I don't have enough of anything to get a dance studio. And then five months later, I had a whole dance studio. That's awesome. I just thought about it and visualized it, and it basically just came to pass. And then that summer, I opened my dance studio. That's beautiful. Congrats. Do you feel like it kind of, it all happened the way that it was supposed to happen? Like the space almost found you? Yeah. It was because I really wasn't looking for one and really didn't have a concrete plan of how to get one or know how to get one at all. Right. But that space, it was still there. And then, like, they were kind of, like, getting me to try to hurry up and get it, like, at the beginning of the year. And I'm like, no, it makes no sense. No one's going to join dance class in the middle of February. Right. And so I was trying to push them till summer. And they were like, well, we'll see. And if anybody gets it. And I just was like, well, if if it's still there when I need it, then it's mine. Like, if no one gets it before then, and it, it was still available. So it was definitely hard and challenging, and there was lots of crazy obstacles that tried to stop it all the time. But What kind of obstacles did you come across? Um, negotiating the lease and issues with the electricity being wired wrong and mm. stuff like that. That was ridiculous. Not knowing, like, you don't know all the steps. So you go one plate, one office to get something done. And they're like, oh, you have to do this too. How, you're like, how are you supposed to know this? There's no, like, grand master plan that tells you exactly what to do. You have to, like, figure out the new things that you, along the way, getting the floor, getting the mirror, all those little tiny things. And then yeah. be a teacher. Because I was a teacher, so it was, like, May. And I'm trying to figure out how to go get my cable turned on while I'm in the middle of school. <laughs> oh my gosh but it worked out I mean it was a lot but it definitely worked out so how has the studio progressed over 
it's been two years. This is like the just ended my second season. And so how has it how's it going? Um, so it's going well. Uh, it started definitely pretty small the first year. Yeah. Uh, but I'm learning new things now. And so I think my I'm noticing that I'm kind of gearing more towards the three to five year old age. And mm-hmm. so of mine has grown a lot. I mean, of course, now the world is different. So that's a whole new set of challenges to do. <laughs> yes. Um, and isn't it so fun? I know. I mean, I never would have imagined that my second yeah, seriously. I mean, I, I feel like seasoned studio owners, like hard weathered veterans are, are having a tough time. I can't imagine being only two years in and dealing with all of this. So kudos yeah. to you for sticking it out. I feel like being small and new is kind of helpful in this situation. A little mm. because I know, I know all my customers. It's very more of a personal experience. So like they're kind of personally going through the same thing. I didn't have to do as much. Uh, because my studio is a little bit small. Right. That makes sense. So it did kind of help that I wasn't 50 years in with <laughs> 5,000 students. <laughs> Recreational. Like, I don't really do, I don't do anything competitive at my studio right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any compet- anything competitive at my studio either. I have a recreational program and an accelerated program for kids who want more serious training. And then from that, I have a student performing company And so we do like performances and go to conventions and things, but I've never been a, I've never been a competition person. So. I like that idea to have like a performing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it still gives them that like sense of, of being on a team that is like, so such an important part of the competition experience of like being responsible to other people besides yourself and like having that intense bond but without the actual competition aspect. And for me, it's just so much about the finance, financial part of it too. It's like, it's so expensive to go to these competitions. So I'm trying to make dance a little bit more accessible for people. Yeah, not that there's not great benefits to competition also, but I feel like we could do a whole series of podcast episodes about competition versus not competition. <laughs> That would be fun. We could have like, we could have a panel and do it like debate style. <laughs> that would be actually fun. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. So tell me more about the studio that you grew up going to. What was like the vibe there? What was the training like? Was it a really serious, like technical experience or was it more recreational? What were the teachers like? What were the students like? Paint yeah. me a picture. This is like going way, way back. Right. Okay. So the vibe was, I mean, it was very like small community vibe. A lot of the kids that went there went to my school. It was kind of like a smaller community. We, we had like ballet was very serious. Like it was on a specific day. Always had like a ballet suite in the recital. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I remember my jazz teacher. Well, she was like my tap and ballet teacher and my jazz teacher when I was like little. And she was awesome. Like, she was so much like she taught me everything I know. Um, and then I had like a few different hip hop and tap teachers. But my like my final tap teacher was Beth Engel. And she now owns a studio in Wisconsin. And so um, I just had a lot of fun, like a lot of fun with my friends. It was like the same kind of pe- the same people that were there when I was little kind of were still there when I got older. And That's awesome just being able to be in competition, being having solos. My little sister danced, my little brother even danced there. For a little oh. while. Um, dancing 
we had I had dances with my teacher. Like we had a trio that we would take to competition with our teacher in it. <laughs> really? Oh, that's so cool. And like we had a kick line that was always the same every year. So once you got old enough, you could be in a kick line. Oh, that's fun. The costume every year. So basically, it was like I've always been this, as busy as I am right now. I kind of was the same way as a child, having like eleven dances in the recital and having to just change behind the curtain. Right. <laughs> time to go anywhere a, dr- a dressing room that's a luxury right and so I mean and even though we did competition I feel like we still didn't have a very like competitive feeling at the studio it was very more just like community hangout fun I will say I felt like when we did go to competition that we weren't like the best team that mm-hmm. we, we would still win but like you know there was some of those big larger studios that had productions and things like that we weren't like not that and I think we felt that um mm-hmm. Did you feel like a little bit of like an inferiority situation there? Went to conventions, like we kind of would, you know, like stand in the back and like not make it and stuff like that. So I do remember that. Uh, But when I started going to those things in New York, that's kind of what built my confidence to kind of like fight that kind of stuff. But like also like to be a teenager, because you were in high school when you did those things in New York, right? I mean, to be a teenager, to go somewhere like that's not your hometown, to step out side of your home studio and do these what I'm assuming are like large-scale intensive type classes with a ton of other dancers there that takes I mean that takes some guts for real I was a kid so I wasn't like a you know an adult doing it I was really like a child had to figure out how am I gonna learn so I like go stand in the middle and then I was like you got this you have to just tell yourself you got this and (laughs) so um I mean I definitely got all of my training from this studio, but I do feel like maybe I got to this point where I needed a little bit more. And so, mm-hmm. uh, but it was cool to be there for my whole dance life, everything. Yeah, that's really so beautiful. At that studio. Was it a very diverse studio or were you like one of the only black kids there? Um, I There was a few black kids, but for a lot of my class, um, I was the only black kid. And was that noticeable in any way? For the most part, I don't think I really, like, cared about it that much. Like, it would come up in weird situations, like, tight and, like, makeup. Mm-hmm. My mom would be like, excuse me, my child is not that color. <laughs> so, uh, it would come up, and I had her, like, a really old, the owner was, like, a really old lady, and so sometimes she was a little insensitive. Like I, what? what? Um, I don't know, just, like, making decisions for the team, but not considering that my color is different and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely have a few little arguments with her about those things. But yeah, for the most part, I didn't pay attention to the, that much. I didn't feel like any different than the rest of the dancers because I was black. So I didn't really, like, think about it. It was just, you know, when those, when I need to tie my hair, tying your hair down, things <laughs> weird. Yeah, I was probably one, like, tying my, her saying something about tying my hair down one time. But it's just, like, little misunderstanding cultural misunderstandings but for the most part as far as my dance experience I did not notice that at all that's great did that experience continue through all of your other endeavors with like cheer and dance team and the redskin uh, stuff uh, let's see so the, the performing arts program was was mostly black kids um, mm-hmm. there was a good mixture of all different races and cultures but it was definitely more predominantly black. Uh, 
How was that for you going from being like one of the only black kids at your studio to dancing with this performing arts group being among a bunch of a whole bunch of black kids? Like, what was that like to kind of switch back and forth? I think it's more like just what kind of experience it is in general. Like dance class was like this one set thing, go dance class, you learn how to dance, that's it. This performing arts thing was more like this whole creative experience. So it was Mm. like just very welcoming. And it was more about like the positive atmosphere that it made for kids to be creative. So it just had a whole different feeling. Like, yeah. um, My personal creativity was really activated. Um, I don't know. I didn't, it's weird. Cause like, I feel like when I was younger, I didn't think about these things that much as we are now um, at school in elementary school, I was basically like the only black kid um, high school. There was, I mean, there was a little bit more, but it was still kind of predominantly white school. I went to a Catholic school mm-hmm. and then show cheerleading. I was probably the only black girl. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of these experiences and then I went to a historically black college. So that could be part of that. <laughs> to a school that was all black people so but I mean I feel like just in general my experiences in doing what I was doing on those teams was fine mm-hmm. it was just kind of like when you had those moments of ignorant conversation about your hair or about like getting a tan talking about getting a tan and it's like that's a weird conversation for me <laughs> <laughs> But uh, for other than that, I really just loved dancing and doing whatever activity I was doing, and it didn't really matter. I think that maybe I was proud. At your studio now, what does your student demographic look like racially? Wow, I have quite a mixture. I have, um, I definitely have a lot of black students, but I also have Spanish students, I have white students, I have kind of... Um, international students so I really have I really get a good mixture I have a lot of I think I have a lot of mixed students as well Mm -hmm. Um, so I really have a very diverse and then even for my you know the small amount that I do have it is very mixed so I'm I love the diversity that my studio has that's awesome do you think that's due mostly to the area that you're in or have you done something to attract a more diverse student body that's a good question I don't know um, it could be the area. I mean, I feel like the area that my studio actually is in, well, this side, it could be predominantly black. Well, on this side, it could be something else. But it really just draws people. I don't know if it's something I did. Or I think I've also had a lot of experiences with children as from being a teacher. So mm-hmm. a lot of times I had students that had some kind of dance experience with me or education experience with me in the past. So I think it's just being exposed to a lot of kids in a lot of different areas. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think, I mean, I guess I can say it's a testament to that for me, dance is just about everyone being able to experience what dance can give you. So that's like a good example of that happening by all the different kind of people that decide to join dance class in the first place. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I imagine that your reputation as an educator in general kind of precedes you and that you've been able to build your following because of that and like some kids i've taught in first grade and they're like going to sixth grade and they're in dance class so like like i was their actual first grade teacher oh so i think i definitely do get some kids from around from different you know moments in my life that end up coming back to do dance too so oh that's great and i would say like even in my messaging and 
like the images I put out, I try to like, you know, take the time to find the images that do include black people. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times the photos can just be, you know, only white children. So right. I try to find images of, when I'm not using my own images of different cat, you know, kinds of people together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's really important. So given that you are still a, a fledgling studio, <laughs> What are your goals for your studio and where do you see it going? Uh, my goals for my studio is definitely to outgrow the space that I'm in um, to something a little bit larger with maybe two dance rooms. I have one dance room right now. Um, I want to grow my enrollment to 100 students. Um, and I do want to, once we get back to normal, have a performance dance team that can perform around in the community. Mm -hmm. Also, I have like some other giant goals about, I want to do something with preschool and dance. I'm really feeling a calling towards three to five year olds in preschool. So doing something where there's arts integration meets dance for preschoolers to kind of learn their basic early literacy and numeracy concepts with dance. Ooh. I want to really like take the two things that I do and combine them together. I feel like you could be I feel like you could be really successful at like creating a curriculum and packaging it and even like training people in it and maybe like having little pockets or franchises or something like that. Like that, I feel like you could be really good at that. So I think that's something most people, you know, studios have their thing, but I'll, I haven't seen studios that kind of add that arts integration. So my goal is to find a way to, combine these things together so they don't all have to live separately. Because like now school is separate from ballet, tap and jazz, but where can we put them together? So it's Yeah, so that you so that going to dance class after school is like a continuation of what you're learning in the classroom at school. And especially for kids who, you know, maybe they maybe they're three or four and they go to dance class but they don't go to preschool. Right. So that they're not getting that kind of instruction really. So why not incorporate it into dance class? And then my goal is to ultimately be a full-time or dance studio owner. Mm -hmm. Working on that too. Well, let's go. Yeah, right. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. The corona is giving us time to shoot. Yes, exactly. Maybe, maybe that's the gift of 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 COVID nineteen is that you have time to kind of refocus your energy and sit down and create this program that you've been dreaming about. I am working on making like an online preschool dance uh, membership type of thing with like videos that have like little lessons. Excellent. So I am working on that right now. So. And so is that something that would all be pre-recorded and someone would, would sign up and like they would get dripped a video each day or? Like a video each week and then there would be one live video in that month also. Cool. It would have like it would have, we're still working on it, but like a little kit that you get when you sign up. And then whenever you turn the video on, you open this kit that has the stuff you need to do your class in it. So, so what's in the kit? I love this. Um, well, it's still in the working phase. Okay. Okay. My grand idea is to have a mat, like, like a mat you can fold out so that okay. the letters on the top of it. And then like a little spot for you to stand on. And maybe like on the other side, it had like letters everywhere. So, mm. so I still have to determine all these, but just a mat that has like a base for us to work from and then 
some individual letters in the kit, a scarf, probably. Everybody loves a good scarf. So in that way, it was just like a little, because preschoolers, they have, they are pretty independent. So if you, if I make it so that whatever's in there, they can handle it, it can be like their special kit that they use. And then it helps them to engage so much more with the material on screen when they have something tactile in front of them. I'm working on that. Well, I eagerly await the launch of this product (laughs) and program. I will sign right on up. (laughs) I feel like you and I both, the preschoolers, are our people. You were talking about the child development last year at the retreat. Yeah. Yes. Well, I feel like you are very unique in that you have an education background in your schooling. And like so many dance teachers have so much dance training, but don't understand kids or have only come to understand kids in the course of their teaching career. And so we have all these brand new, the, let me get on my soapbox for a minute. We have all these, all these studios putting high schoolers in charge of preschool classes. They don't have any, they have, they have no training in childhood development. They don't understand fundamentals of cognitive development or social development or anything. So it's like you're putting the least experienced teacher with the group that needs the most That's really seasoned people. Even as a studio owner, like realizing that in my staff, like expecting, mm-hmm. expecting them to do teach exactly like me, not realizing that they never had the same experience that I have. Right. You need something different to know how to deal with the different ages and the different behaviors. Yes. And that's, that's why I, I started incorporating the childhood development into my staff trainings. And that, that one hour seminar that I did at the retreat last year that went basically from age two to 18, I split that up over like several three or four hour long sessions with my staff which has been, I think, really helpful, even for the staff who don't teach the preschool-aged kids. I think it's still important to understand where the starting point is so you can understand how the 10-year-old gets to where they are. That's exactly why I became a teacher. It's because I wondered, like, why do four-year-olds act like this? And what about when the four-year-old is mad and doesn't want, like, I really was like, how do I do this with these different kids? So that's, I literally went to school to learn, like, yeah. Kids doing at these different ages. First started being a dance teacher like as an adult was um, at this studio called Gwinnett School of Dance and I had like maybe one or two classes. It was like ballet tap and maybe jazz hip a jazz hip hop type of class. And I remember like feeling like I have no idea what I'm doing at all. And then like just trying to like wing it and figure it out as I go. And then two or three years later, my class had 15 kids in it. I had like seven classes. It really just grew and grew. I really kind of like found a groove with it. Thinking about those little tiny people. Yeah. And you have to, in order to be good at teaching young kids, you have to be committed to understanding them. That's a whole, you need to quote that. You need to write that down. (laughs) I feel like you and I should team up on like a preschool dance training certification. actually people need it people do need it and there like there are programs out there but I feel like so much of it is just like a prescribed dance curriculum of like here is what you teach and here is what you say but less about the why there's really like a connection thing even when like something I want to do with my teachers is like 
the, the reason why I get this kind of results I get in the outside is because of the kind of connection that I have with the children. Mm-hmm. I know them for real. Yes. So I know exactly what not to do, what not to say, how to do that. Like, it's really, it's not even based on what cool activity I have. It's how well can I flow with what they are giving me. Yes. And how you can communicate with them and almost like predict their moods and their reactions. And yeah, yeah. You have to understand them on like a developmental level of like, this is what I can expect from a six-year-old, but also you have to understand them on an individual level. And if you're not committed to that, under, to developing that understanding, you're going to lose them. Very quickly. And I've, that's something that it's like, it's so hard to train in a teacher. And like, I mean, even parents need like some training, you know, and three real parents bring their kids to dance class. You need to like give them a whole class lesson about how this is going to go. Yes. I feel like the first class for three-year-olds just be like the parents come in and sit down on the dot. And <laughs> a lot of the kids that were in my preschool class, it was their first time. Like I had a few like veterans from last year, but a lot of them, this was like their first experience, like dancing in their costume in a show. And so mm-hmm. we're getting a little antsy, like, Oh wait, we might need to do that again. And I was like, listen, we're going to take whatever they give us. I was like, we can't, they might just stand there and shake for the whole time. And we're going to, we're going to take whatever they give us right now. Or they might, or they might just sit down or they might just run upstage and stare at the pretty lights. <laughs> I didn't do anything that crazy. I had a few that stood still and that was like making his face like it's so hot. I was like, listen, we accept everything that they give me, no matter what it is. We smile and we clap at them, okay? <laughs> yes, and the parents need to know that that is totally acceptable and it's totally wonderful. I even had a kid that, um, a three-year-old that started on virtual. So like after. Oh, wow. So she learned, um, she learned everything on there and she wasn't really supposed to be in the recital but I was feeling generous at the end of the year so when I ordered costumes I just ordered her one and I was like mom I totally ordered that costume and so she still like paid the costume fee and joined us and she, she had come to one trial class didn't want to come in no matter how many times I tried to convince her to come inside she wouldn't. oh wow but then they signed up virtually she learned all the dances virtually and performed them and it was like amazing to their parents to see that's awesome. And it still worked. Isn't that the best feeling? It's like magic. Three-year-olds. It is. Three-year-olds are magic. People like take them for granted and think they can't learn anything. They didn't even need me. You know, like you need to stand on the side and watch. No, they don't need me. They don't need me. I mean, their little brains and bodies are doing so much every day. Right. They are ready for this. They are prepared for this. Yes, I love it. That's amazing. So you did a virtual recital or you did filming recital? How did that go? recording and the video so um and we also took pictures that day so now i kind of have to do the stuff that the man needs for the video Mm -hmm. Uh, how we're going to watch it i mostly stole your idea um i want to do like a movie like a drive-in movie type of situation get my own screen and do it in like my own parking lot at the studio or something when it's ready but i'm trying to not rush that part yeah yeah that that's less important. It'll happen when it happens. I'll probably give them a digital copy too. Zoom watch one if people, you know, depending on how it works out. But it could be either a Zoom watching or a drive-in movie type of watching situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've been trying to get in touch with the local drive-in theater and they won't get back to me. So I'm thinking about like, there's a, there's like an old 
defunct shopping mall near my sort of near my studio and I'm just thinking about like what if I just have one of those giant inflatable projection screens and we just park our cars in the mar in the mall shopping like in the mall parking lot who's gonna <laughs> like do I really need permission for that <laughs> I mean that's what I'm trying to even my ours is small so it's like to figure out like which way could we do it that would make the most but cool is what let me use, they let me use um, their outside for like one outside practice and for my recital recording. It was, I was able to do it in front of my school, have a lot of space. Oh wait, so you filmed outside? Filmed outside. Wow, okay, so how did that go? Uh, it was good, it was very hot. I was very nervous about it, the whole thing, but it really was like only three hours and it was fine. And it looked, I haven't seen the videos yet, but it was really good. They knew their dances. That's why I was nervous about like, are they gonna know these dances? They really knew them. It looked so cute in their costumes, and it was a really fun day. Oh, that's awesome. I have Tiny Tap and Ballet and Hip Hop Minis. And so there's a lot of kids that are in both of those classes, and they did a ballet dance, a tap dance, and two Hip Hop Minis dances. So, like, kids were really working that day. And how old are they? Three to five. Shut up. No way. I had kids that did a ballet dance, a tap dance, and two hip hop dances. Ooh, and they're three to five? God damn. That is impressive. That's impressive that you have parents that are on board for that. I feel like so many parents of that age are like, oh, that, that's too much. <laughs> I have a 30 minute hip hop minis class, and that's before Tiny Tap and Ballet. So it's like the an add on. Nice. It was perfect that hour and a half of your kid in dance class. And that's great because that's long enough for parents to actually drop off and leave and go do something. And the parents were so cute, like, because they were behind us the whole time. And so they knew the whole dance. They were, like, calling out the moves. And I say the same things every time I teach them. And I guess when you watch your dance class at home, you know. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. I, I did. This year, I actually... I recorded my voice over the music saying the steps so they could practice with that version of the music with my voice on it. And I've got, I had one parent email me and was like, you forever ruined this song for me. <laughs> I will. It came on the radio the other day and I can hear your voice. <laughs> the, good, the cool part about this whole plan, even though it's longer than I imagined, is that now I kind of like have their attention. So now they at the video and now when I'm ready to give them the video they have to give me their attention again right yeah signing up for ball so that'll be cool. yes um, and actually you really get to see what my business is about because I'm very much all up in it mm -hmm. so, yeah you call you're going to talk to me if you come to the front desk you're going to talk to me if you come right to me teaching your kid like you're really going to know what's going on in my studio because you're getting the full experience from me so. right right how do you feel like you are going to be able to scale that as you grow your business? Uh, what, what I think is definitely learning how to train people in the things that are the most important to me. Mm -hmm. in my um, and then getting help from the, with the back end stuff so that yeah. I'm not in, in charge of it all at the same time. Yeah, definitely. Are you working on, on doing that those things now or are you kind of holding off because of COVID? Um, I'm kind of working on getting a virtual assistant so that's like my first. Ooh, what kind of things will you pass off to a virtual assistant? Um, right now social media and like organizing a back-end type of stuff but I think as I if I just take the lead and get a virtual assistant in the first place then I can begin to recognize 
more areas where I can pass to them. And so that's, that's just, I need to like jump. It's kind of like a fear I think I've had of getting. Oh, and I think, I think we all have that fear because we're all control freaks. <laughs> we want everything to be exactly. We want everything to be up to our standards. We want it to be exactly how we expect it to be. Yeah, no, for sure. It's terrifying. <laughs> my experiment. Um, and just to see how it feels to give somebody something that I don't mm -hmm. think overwhelming for me to do. And then hopefully from there, that will motivate me to get a real person to sit at the front desk because that's, that's hard too. Yeah. Make a big difference. Like it's hard to really imagine yourself not teaching everything because that's what I love to do. But I think if I can create the same experience that I want kids to have with other people and other teachers, I would mm -hmm. be satisfied with that. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think like one thing that has been really helpful in me when I, when I like was envisioning or coming up with how to train my staff is I had my staff observe my own classes and then tell me what they saw. So that might be something that's helpful for you. It's like your existing staff, your experienced staff, your newbies, who like whoever you have, or even like friends and colleagues who don't work for you. Just have them come sit in on your classes and take notes and tell you, tell you what they see and what, you know, like what stands out, what they think that experience looks like. That's a good idea. Because you... Things, things that are obvious to you are not obvious to other people, you know, so. I feel like this year I learned, um, and, like, I recognize what ages I really love. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, it, you can tell by my enrollment what I'm attracting. Right. So, maybe getting teachers that teach maybe eight and up, because that's not really, I mean, I can still teach them, but it's, I don't connect with them in the same way I connect with little kids so it's not the same yeah I'm and I'm exactly the same I teach all the little ones at my studio and then I've got my staff that deals with them once they get old enough to be sassy and <laughs> <laughs> like I don't want to deal with that I love them and I love like sitting in on their classes and they're like oh, Miss Casey's here which is funny because I've never been that like harsh teacher. Like I taught them when they were three and now they're 12 and they're still like, for some reason they get all like, Oh my God, Miss Casey's in the room. Like we played with ribbon sticks together, girl. Like it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I love, I love having that relationship with my older students and also to like, I just love them as people so much and I want to know more about them and I want to hang out with them. Is that weird? I'm like a 32 year old woman who wants to hang out with 10 year olds. <laughs> I'm 32 now too. Hey, happy birthday. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. That's it. That's exactly it. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're more interested in hanging out with your students than teaching them, then you need to hire other teachers. <laughs> So you've got your goals, you've got your lofty goals, you've got your vision for the future of your studio. What's it going to take to get you there? Oh, it's going to take some discipline. And some mm -hmm. um, because it's like we have to work even harder now in this yeah. coronavirus to do things and be creative and make sure that it's safe and there's options for everyone. So it's definitely going to be just being disciplined and doing the work that needs to be done right now, um, advertising, getting the word out about the things that I'm doing, just growing my enrollment. So doing everything that I can to grow my enrollment.
so I can get to a more comfortable place where we can try those newer things that I want to do and yeah so I can become a full-time entrepreneur yes all of my energy on this and I'm like super excited to to be alongside you cheering you on the whole way I think it's really applying what I know I feel like I've been gathering all of the knowledge for a long time yeah like sit down and do it but yeah, it, you got it. You got to do the damn thing. Yeah. So will we see you for the virtual retreat? I have to figure out how we're going to do this with virtual camp in there, but um, I'm pretty sure I, I will have to watch some recordings, but I'm sure I can get to some of it. Good. I'm so glad because I, I know we had such a good time last year in our in-person retreat. We're so sad. We can't do it that way again but i'm glad we're virtual is better than nothing um let's chat a little bit about the retreat last year what do you think was your like main takeaway from that experience well let's do it this way what was your main takeaway on a business level and then also what was your main takeaway on like a personal level okay so for a business level um i just like that i was able to take some of the stuff that I had learned and apply it on that last implementation day. So when I left, I actually had like a new thing launched and ready to send out to people. Yeah. That is a testament to how my preschool program has grown. You know, hearing the thing that you guys were talking about and then being able to actually do one of those things and leave there with it done. Yeah. Um, take away from me. Right. You leave a convention or a, or a, or a conference or whatever with like a giant folder full of handouts. And then you come home and you're like, Oh shit. What do I do now? Like, <laughs> what do I, what do I do now? And when do I do it? Like then yours about numbers. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, really good. It's something I really needed, but I haven't really like taken the time to get all the way into what you taught us. So those kind of things. Well, I'm, I'm excited for this year because for the implementation day, we're doing three one-hour time slots for implementing. So the first day is all studio owner content. The second day is classroom content, which your teachers can all come to and you should tell them all to come. Um, and then the last day is studio owner implementation. And so the way we're doing that is basically studio owners pick three of the topics that they want to work on from the first day and they get one, we get one hour with one of us from DSO Connect to work on those three topics, um, which I'm excited about because mine is numbers because I'm that, I'm that, I'm that numbers girl. Um, I love me some Excel. So like I have the, the main, the main like theme for this year's retreat is like resetting. Like this is the time to implement new policies, to start new programs, to take a look at the way that your business is structured and see if there's something that you can do to make it more sustainable or like to work better for you. So our very first presentation is studio reset policies, pricing structures and numbers. And so Tammy and Robin and I are teaming up on that one. We each have one of those sections. So my my portion is like you know how to look at your numbers for this time of covid and what to look at how to create new pricing structures and where to go from there and so i feel like a lot of times 
when I do a, a presentation about numbers with like Excel spreadsheets and formulas and stuff, people are so overwhelmed. But like my whole thing further that presentation is if this seems like a lot, don't worry, because I will hold your hand and go through it together on Thursday. <laughs> I forget who said this. Who, I forget whose idea this was, but it's goddamn brilliant. Somebody said that they were doing, a, I don't think it was for our retreat, but they were doing a virtual retreat and they got a hotel room. But yeah, I just, I just thought that was so brilliant. Like rent yourself a hotel room, go on a retreat. sequester yourself, give yourself a literal retreat. <laughs> like, oh, that's brilliant. So I hope, I hope some people are able to do that. I know it's hard in the middle of the week and it's hard with, you know, kids and, and the studios and everything, but I really do feel like this is the time for us to make some, some serious changes in our studios and make them work for us instead of us working our asses off and like scraping by. <laughs> something else, my takeaway from business and what's the other one? Oh, your takeaway, your, like, your personal takeaway. Um, personal takeaway, I just thought it was, like, so well thought out, like, the whole thing. Oh. Um, that's what I was telling them on the call on Tuesday today, I mean, this week, was um, especially the teacher day, just, like, how it was, how intentional it was from the snacks to the different rooms, how they used each room, how you could choose which sessions you wanted to go to. It was the way it was like organized from the first day where it was more studio owner information, the fact that there's six of you. So each one of you has your own thing that you can focus on. And it's like, it's not just like this one person showing me like, this is how you do this. It's really a whole conversation about how to do it from right. that there's so many of you in the first place. And so it doesn't feel like, okay, I have to just do it like this because she said to do it like this, but it's like, look, look at this idea and look at how we all use it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because there's so many, there's so many different ways to have a studio. So the community, I mean, really like the biggest thing is as a studio owner, it's definitely hard. And it's like, uh, you feel like a unicorn because nobody else understands what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So being able to be around a community of people that are like that, and learn all these things. Yeah. It's good for like my self-esteem even as a studio owner. So I didn't, and I just like, I didn't even know you, who you guys were really. I just signed up because I used to live in Maryland. So like going there was easy. It was easy to get there. Right. How did you find us? How did you find the event? Um, oh, Aaron Pride's podcast. <gasps> oh, okay. So I listened to the podcast where you shout were all out, Shout out to Aaron Pride. Thanks, Aaron Pride. <laughs> We love, we love her. So that you guys were on. So then after that, you told us how to find your group. And so I went and found the group. And I didn't really, like, go in there all the time. But I saw the retreat. It was, like, it was very, it was affordable. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's, you know, I can get there from, I go home, I can get there. Like, and so my, like, my dad drove me there. I took, I went to Baltimore and he just drove me there. And then I just went. And it was great. I didn't. I really didn't know anybody, so I didn't like have like a friend already. So I did you know? Did you know what to expect at all? It was kind of funny. We were like driving in the cornfields, and I was like, "Oh, my dad's like, where are you going?" <laughs> 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 but it was really fun. I loved it. Um, I loved good. It. And I, I'm really like making friendships with a lot of the people from that retreat still now. 
Right. Yes, I know. Same. It's like, it's like connections that you make as a kid at summer camp. Yeah. Basically. You know, when you have those like summer camp friends and then you go back to regular life and like those friends don't get it. The friend, like your friends at school don't get, they weren't there. They weren't there for summer camp. <laughs> We've got our studio owner friends and everybody else doesn't get it. So I think I like that it was so excellent. Cause I think oh. I will judge things. Like, cause I've, you know, I've been in a lot, I've been in like a mastermind. I've been had with a dance studio coach. So I've kind of seen a lot of different things that are like this. Mm -hmm. um, I really like that this one is more like community based mm. and all the stuff that I need. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're all about, really. Like, well, that's why it's called DSO Connect, <laughs> you know, is because we're trying to eliminate that feeling of isolation that so many of us have. And I think that really like stepping into what you guys had was beneficial for me because now I can go in that group and ask a question or I could message you and say, Casey, what's this? Like, it mm -hmm. really up my community of dance studio owners so I didn't feel afraid to go and ask a question or say something to somebody if I needed it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great to hear. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm on, I'm on the podcast right now, so I must have really loved it. You must have liked it. <laughs> hopefully someday, someday, hopefully next year, we'll be able to do it in person again. We need to just have a vacation. We don't even have to have a retreat. We just need to have like a day. I know, right? Making those connections is so important. And it's you can't really do that at a huge convention. Or I've never felt that at a huge convention. Like right. Dance Teacher Summit or something like that. It's like you feel like, ooh. <laughs> There's so many people there and you and it's so intimidating. And people just stay in their little pods of the people they already know. And you don't really get to know people. But One-on-one -on -one studio coaching is so little different. So this makes us all feel like we're all like on the same plane mm -hmm. together. And we're just kind of sharing what we know. Right. Each other from where we are. Exactly. Yep. That's what we're all about. Just making connections and helping each other along the way. So It's good. Your community is working. Definitely. Yay! Thank you. Oh, that's so good to hear. Oh. <laughs> we're trying. We're trying. And we're trying to, like, make it more um, streamlined and uh, specific and, like, programmed, I guess. Because for so long, it was just like, oh, let's have a chat every week. Okay. And, like, there was no structure to it. And now we're like, okay, let's do the damn thing. Like, let's let's make this an actual program that helps people in a very specific way. So that's why we, we decided to relaunch the monthly membership too. Cause we, 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 we launched it right before COVID hit and then COVID hit and we were like, we don't feel good about doing this right now. Let's, let's ax it. And now we're, we're relaunching it now. So. That would be really good just to people that participate in the community as a supplement to what they already are getting. Right, exactly, exactly. And it's like a webinar every month and social media content. I would say like for the the there I know there's like studio owners that are still kind of like trying to go it alone and maybe they listen and maybe they look at stuff, but they haven't really like got involved and talked to anyone. So I would encourage like, especially studio owners that listen to the podcast um, to, you know, join the retreat and join get more involved in the activities because it, it's like a game changer, even just for your personal sanity. Mm -hmm. 
engage with other dance studio owners, no matter how different or how hard of a situation you're in. Yeah. It's beyond just like the actual content I learned, just the fact of having the community is, is good enough. Yeah. And that's like, and that's why I started this group to begin with is because I was at the end of my damn rope. I was so burnt out and I was ready to quit. And I knew, I knew I needed some kind of support. And so I basically created this support group. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so, and I'm like, it's hel- honestly, it's helped me so much to know that it's helping other people. It's just like, oh, thank God. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Because I know like we've all been through this struggle. We've all been at that point where we're like, screw it. This is not worth the trouble, you know? And instead of like crying in a heap on the floor, now you can come to this community and be like, y'all help. And then um, like just how there's other dance, you know, there's a lot of dance groups on Facebook that you can mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they can get a little crazy, as we saw already this summer. But um, Yeah, DTN is no more. That's wild. But, like, your group never has any problems like that. Everyone's always sharing. And it's like, I know that I can go here and it's a safe place for me to learn something and talk and say. And I don't have to worry about that. Right. No. Right. Well, Chantel, thank you so much for joining me today. It was so great to talk to you. And I I just, we appreciate your support so much. And we love having you as part of our community. So thanks again for being on today. Are you going to ask me a question that you asked today? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The question, as you know, at the end of every episode, what has made your heart happy? Ooh, I don't even have the answer, right? I told you that. (laughs) Uh, What has made my heart happy? Um, I will say just... The love that I got for my birthday yesterday. I had Yay. a video of her just saying happy birthday to me. Aww. My child called me on the phone. And, like, she didn't have my phone number, so she really had to, like, be like, Mom, I want to see you. Oh, so, my gosh. I have another friend whose children go to my studio, and they made me a cake and, like, drew me 500 drawings of myself. And so it was just having little children love for my birthday was made my heart happy. Oh my God, that is so beautiful. That's the best. And when it's not like Christmas or something, like you know that like they really care when it's your birthday and they remember. That's, that's awesome. Good for you. Okay, what about you? Um, let's see. Well, today is Friday, July 3rd as we are recording this and my boyfriend has off work. So we slept, slept in and then took the dog for a nice walk and... Uh, later tonight, we're going to go do a backyard socially distance hangout with one of my friends who who also owns a dance studio. Shout out to Ashley of Regency Dance Academy. We're going to hang out tonight. I'm super excited. All right, Chantel. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was so wonderful to talk to you. And I will see you at the retreat. Yay. I'm so excited. Yay. And just to review, the retreat is July 14th through 16th. Um, studio owner day on the 14th, teacher day on the 15th, studio owner implementation day on the 16th. You can find out more on our website, dancestudioownerconnect.com, and you can sign up online for just the teacher day or for all three days. And um, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I'm super stoked on it. So I can't wait. I'm like, I wrote down the schedule of what, to figure out like what thing, I already wrote it. Good. 
I have been like clicking through my slideshow presentation, like rehearsing and getting super pumped about my Excel spreadsheets. I know I'm such a dork, but it's, it's, I'm a helpful dork, so it's good. All right, Chantel. Well, thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your week off. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye.